Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, the gentlemen are together post-Easter, may I say, not Greek Easter, but nevertheless, in this country, it's Easter. Hey, Johnny, how are you going? <laughs> Hi, guys. Good, good, good. It is Greek Easter coming up soon, isn't it? A couple of weeks. Yeah, so Easter um, uh, this year for uh, Greek Orthodox is in, um, in May. Um, early May, yeah. Early May. And um, we're really excited today because uh, when I spoke to, um, to you, John, earlier this morning about um, a topic that comes in all the time. So this is a Q&A. It's not come from a specific person. I think it's probably come from about 500 people over the last one year. And that is, what is it that you can do in a, in a world of total um, disruption, addiction to distraction, in a world that agents have got so much free time that they have to manage themselves? What is it that you can do to help improve the concept of time management? And we thought we'd do time management one this week and then time management part two next week. Um, if we've got enough time. Yes, correct. <laughs> we've got enough time. <laughs> so I, personally, I, I think that um, you've always been someone that's um, highly valued minutes and hours in, in life, John. And you've always tried to make the best use of time. What, when, when we talk time management, what's the first word or first sentence or thoughts that come to your head? Well, Tom, look, I, I think you know the first concept that comes to mind for me is that unless you have an outstanding time management plan, and it does need a plan or a system, you're probably not going to be able to get any more than forty or fifty percent of your capacity or your potential. Yeah, you know, it, it's just that. Yeah, you know, it seems like an obvious one when you say it, but if you want to do more, you have to create capacity. And if you have to create capacity, you're going to have to focus on what are the things that are really important to you, not just to make money, because, of course, you know, this is not just about that. It's about life balance as well. But, you know, what are the things that are important to you, some of which will be diet productive activities? And you have to really create sufficient time to work on those. Tom, you and I, you know, we, we're very fortunate we get to travel around Australia and we meet a lot of the best agents in the country. And I think it'd be fair to say, I mean, I love your comment on it, but the majority of the very, very best agents, they don't work any longer hours than the people that are struggling to, to break any momentum. In fact, I think sometimes, you know, you'll find that they're working less hours, but they're achieving, in some instances, 20, 30 or 50 times more than the people that are struggling. So, you know, I think it's really important to work out, you know, what are some of these things that these people are following on? I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. So, um, John and Troy, one of the things I notice is this concept of they do less. When you do yeah. less, it doesn't mean you actually work less. It means that you're actually doing things that really matter. And I think that's what I notice about a lot of people, that they seem to um, able to eliminate a to-do list of 100 items with 95 of them not needing to be done. There's a great saying, something unimportant done well does not make that thing important. Yeah. And I just think that some of the great ones that we see, uh, John, have got this ability to work out how valuable is this thing that I'm doing and they don't, get, they don't feel guilty about not having 50 things on their to-do list each day. Well, I think, Tom, especially nowadays, because, you know, this is, you know, the age where you've got digital overload, you've got so many people can access you now, and, and not only people, but, you know, Twitter feeds, Facebook feeds, and so forth. So you have more distractions now. I think you have more tools to deal with them, and you've got more opportunity to do better than ever before, but you also have more distractions. So unless you become expert at filtering 
the distractions. And, and distraction shouldn't be seen as necessarily a negative word. I mean, if everything is important, then nothing is. So you've got to actually work out, you know, whilst it, it might you know, not feel comfortable initially to kind of put aside some of the things you're used to doing and you feel guilt and all these kind of other emotions, at the end of the day, you have you have a limited bandwidth and if you want to maximize your productivity and your enjoyment of life and your ability to contribute to your family and, and loved ones and so forth, you need to make those things a priority and somehow you need to delegate or just say no to the other things. And I think saying no is an underrated time management strategy. I mean, you, you have to be able to say to invitations, to opportunities, to, to a whole range of things um, that, that might be interesting and might even be nice to do occasionally, but if you're focused on getting the things that are most important done, you have to get better at you, saying you, no without feeling the guilt. Yeah, John, and you, you've, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed about you over the years and both in, in our personal relationship but also in News Corp relationship, like I know that there's a heap of invitations that come for, for night times events that, you know, News Corp or realestate.com hold at various times and mm. things. Mm. And I always say to people, I said, look, you know, you can't rely on, on John to come there, not because he doesn't want to, but he does mm. stuff that's normally daytime things. He does things that are normally right. in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in a bigger group. You're someone that's learnt to be able to say no to a lot of the things that... Um, you feel that I don't know, like nighttime things. You're you're not a night person. Yeah. Are you? Well, I think you've got to know yourself and your time. I'm I'm very good at early morning stuff. So as you know, you often get a call from me at ten to six in the morning, yeah. and I'm often having breakfast meetings. In fact, often most mornings at seven a.m. So I'm good in that. But therefore, at the end of the day, I need to compensate so I'm fresh in the day in the morning. So. That's just my personal thing. Some people might be the opposite. Some people might prefer having late night meetings and appointments. You just need to know your rhythm, your body rhythm, and what works for you. But yeah, you know, one of my secrets around that, Tom, and, and, and you know, this is, shouldn't be, uh, I hope it's not offensive to anyone at all, but I just say to my assistant, you know, you know the things that may interest me, and you know certainly it's unlikely to be something on weekends or after hours. Only let me know of things that come through the mail, otherwise politely decline. And, and I don't say that to be arrogant, because that's not what it's about. I just know that I don't want to feel guilty about stuff. And, and there's going to, there are so many invitations, and you know, rarely is there, there one that you, know, you wouldn't feel nice going to, but you do have to know yourself. So I think you know, just saying no, in fact, I, I heard the other day it was talking about time management strategies and said eliminate before you optimise. So you know, we, could, we could run straight in now and start talking about some uh, ways of making yourself more efficient and optimising your time, but I think it's better to start by saying get rid of the things that aren't critical to your business or critical to your life. Do those things first, and that's probably a great place to start. Okay. John, probably the thing that I've heard you say that a lot of uh, my real estate gym members or other real estate agents are saying to me all the time, they say, Tom, we love the concept of Ideal week, routine yeah. sets you free. You've had this yeah. ability of working out that if a task needs to be done, it's a lot better to make it a habit, a lot better to make it a system, taking tasks and turning them into habits. Yeah, well, Tommy, I think, you know, what you've got to do is, you know, again, firstly, make sure you're doing the things that are important and then you're making time on a regular basis within your week to make sure those things hit hit your um, time management schedule before anything else. Because if you start with a blank week and all the things that come in, you start saying yes, yes, yes to, and, and they just randomly appear throughout your diary, you're going to find you can have an incredibly busy week for 67, even 80 hours and get very little done. So concept of the ideal week is work out first what are the things that are really important to you. 
and then you put them into your blank week before, and you may not have a blank week this week or next week, but if you go far enough ahead, you'll find that there's, in a few weeks' time, you've probably got you know, a fairly blank diary. Start putting the things in. Now, starting with the things, Tom, that are non-business related, so things like you know date night, things like uh, exercise, um, things like dropping the kids to school, the things that really make you sing, because that's what we're all on this planet to do, is things that make us feel really happy and that keep us in good shape. So... I think do those first. Then you've got to say, okay, what are the next dollar productive activities? Now, in real estate, it's pretty simple. It's listing, prospecting, um, negotiating, open for inspections, auctions, and so forth. Start creating blocks of time to do those things. So just give you an example. Prospecting, it's an activity that people kind of put off often and they get busy and I didn't get time to do that today. Well, open for inspections, you never say that. You always get to an open for inspection, you get to an auction. So what you have to do is start treating the important activities like you do important appointments. So if prospecting, if you determine that that's an important activity for you, and I suspect for most agents listening, it is an important activity, pop it in your diary for an hour, three times a week or half an hour a day, whatever is your rhythm, Put it in there and lock it in. You don't need too many of those activities in your week to actually make you successful. If you do half an hour prospecting a day, if you allocate a few hours to focus on your listings two or three times a week, you have a day of open for inspections and auctions and so forth, all of a sudden you find yourself very productive. You know, your, your business is growing and you're actually doing it seamlessly. My view is, you know, if you're stressed, you're actually doing something wrong. You, most of the stuff we do in our business should be reasonably stress-free. It should be a lot of fun. If you're passionate about what you do, this should not be a hard industry. I think we make it a lot harder than it needs to be. What do you say to the girl or guy that's listening to this and says, um, you guys don't get me. I'm not the sort of person that's structured. I like to go with the flow. Routines and ideal weeks don't work with me. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, look, I think there's two things. One is I think often we say these things to ourselves and we're not even sure if they're true. I mean, a lot of people say, look, I'm not a morning guy or I'm not a this sort of person. You know, you can invent really anything you want about yourself. But I do get that some people are, let's say, more creative and flexible and in the way they work and other people are very rigid and structured, almost militant. I think even if you're fairly creative and fluid, there is room for structure, albeit a little bit looser. So, yeah, I don't think... I had a guy who used to work with me, and he was very successful, and he used to have every 15 minutes of every day planned out. He literally took the ideal week to a whole new level. I know that wouldn't work for me, because I'd look at my diary and I'd feel tired before the day started, because it's actually too structured. Um, but but on the other the other side is, you know, if I kind of just went and did random appointments at any time of day and night, I know that I would be probably half as efficient as I am now. So I think, Tom, you've got to find a way to give yourself enough structure without it feeling like it's a burden. So, yeah, it could be a few little tips. So some of the things I used to do, you know, one is that I never used to go out and do outside appointments. When I say never, almost never, before around 10.30 a.m. So I would always spend the first few hours of each day in the office, um, which gave me time to follow up yesterday's activities, make my calls to my vendors, make my prospecting calls, prepare for my listing appointments that afternoon. So that was sort of one of the, the sort of rituals for me was, you know, from 7 a.m. till 10.30 in the morning, I was in the office, and that was kind of very, very routine. Um, so I think just little things like that, that that allow you to really maximise your efficiency because there is a huge reward if you get this game of real estate right. So, uh, uh, and yet, uh, John, it sounds like early starts are a time management principle in themselves by the sounds of it. Well, look, I know they work for you and they work for me. Again, I'm not wishing to kind of 
push every system and every, every ritual I have on any of our listeners, but I've rarely met a highly successful person that doesn't start their day before the rest of the planet. And, you know, whether that's 4.30 a.m., 5, 6, or 6.30, but, you know, they're generally not people that sleep in and they're not generally people that get to work at 9.30. So I think, you know, again, you've got to make your own assumptions around that, but I think there's a great feeling. When I used to get to work and by 7 a.m. I'd had my coffee, I was at work, I was starting to make, you know, calls to some of my vendors overseas and so forth and, and get my day started. And I knew that most of my competition was still in bed or were just starting to get, get into their car. I had a terrific mental start, as well as people impressed. You know, when you're ringing people at quarter to eight, eight o'clock, and, you know, you're on your fourth or fifth call of the day, and they can tell that you're already in momentum. Yeah, people are impressed, and people want to deal with that sort of professional energy. Okay. Troy, I'm noticing that, you know, you, I, I look at you, you, you do auctions on the weekend. Yep. During the week, you're doing a, a, a lot of different things at the McGrath um, organisation, from training, performance. Mm-hmm. Um, million dollar agent. Million dollar agent. Um, <laughs> the most important. The, the most, most important. So, so, so Troy, what are the, the, the thoughts that come to your head when we're talking about this topic? Yeah, it's a good one, Tom. I always think to, with my guys and the way that I've worked my ideal week is it's not a set and forget template. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's more of a work in progress. So I know that some weeks I will be wanting to be really structured and there's certain things in my week that need to be very structured. So must-dos. Then there's other parts that I know, yes, they are important, but if I don't get to them that week, I can definitely roll them over to the next week. So when I measure it, I normally try to break it up into four-week cycles or on a monthly basis and work out what I need to do in that month or that week to allow me to get free. If I have more ticks than crosses at the end of the month, then I'll realign things. Right. Um, but it does, it do, the routine does set you free. And I found, John, and you working with John and yourself, Tom, but John with you day to day, um, one hour blocks and two hour blocks seem to be the right fit for the majority of the staff that we have at McGraw. We like to see them really focus on something, get themselves involved. And I don't know whether it's a school thing, that when we grew up with school, most of the periods we had with mathematics and physical education were an hour to two hours, but that seems to be the same frequency that I like or the, the consistency of that. Yeah. I, I turned up to school so infrequently I can't recall the length of each period. So <laughs> well, for the ones I'm not sure, but I do agree. Troy, I definitely agree with your your initial point, which I think was very much around this is um, a work in progress. My, my uh, ideal week has probably changed a thousand times since I started it. Not a thousand, but certainly, you know, a hundred, I would say. And, and as your, the demands for your time and as your roles seem to change, you know, you can also change. Obviously, I now you know, have more of a, a manager's or leader's idea week, and then I used to be a sales agent and so forth. So I think it, it really is important. That one of the things that intimidates people is, like, what if I get it wrong? What if I put an idea week in place and it doesn't work for me? Well, then you change it, and then you keep tweaking it, and then eventually you'll find a, a, a frequency and a rhythm that really works for you. But it's like a lot of things. You've just got to start it. But I think if you're not working to an ideal week, and you don't have your big rocks or your most important activities in your ideal week first, inevitably you're going to be inefficient. And as I said at the opening statement, I think that it's almost impossible to get beyond 50% efficiency without a success planning time management system of some sort. You choose. If, I, if ideal week doesn't work for you, that's fine. But uh, you know, some of the other things, Tom, and you know, if we move on from ideal week, but you, you need a certain number of tools as well. And you know, I love checklists. I love agendas. Um, because they keep you on track. They're the roadmap for your meetings, and they're, they're sort of, they help you 
get ready. And I remember, Troy, when I was auctioneering or selling and so forth, you know, you'd have a checklist to make sure you had every single thing you needed. So it was not a stressful activity arriving somewhere unprepared. And even now, if I'm giving a speech, you know, there's 12 things I need to know um, and I need to have with me before I leave the office or home. And then there's six things I need to do when I arrive at the venue to get started. And they've, they've become rituals and they've, they're a checklist. So I think it's really important for people to support their growth with these type of systems and rituals and, and habits. And I know one for you, Tom, an important part of your day is at 5am, you're sort of up and at the gym. Um, yeah, that is just another form of system. And it's not just time management, it's around it's a success system. But, you know, it kind of happens at a time of day when you're not going to get distracted and you're not going to get, you know, waylaid doing something else that you're able to do it. I, John, I think that eating well, sleeping well and exercising are actually part of time management because I think you think yep. clearer, you make better decisions, you've got better awareness, you make better choices. But I think what we'll do is in part two time management, which we'll do next week, I want to mm-hmm. touch on a bit of, you know, the, the hacks and the technology that you can use. Like I want to touch on what, you know, James Tostevin uses a, you know, a principle that helps him make sure that he's always got time to do his prospecting. He uses a headset, he stands up, he doesn't have a yep. computer open, which means that he doesn't have this addiction to distraction when he's making his calls. He's not yep. entering data into the computer as he makes calls. He simply writes things down, passes on to his assistant, and the assistant does all that stuff, and he just bulks and batches his works in large amounts at the one time. And yep. how about we touch um, next week on some of the things that you can actually be doing on a day-to-day basis that can give you... Um, two or three extra hours a day to help you um, allow more prospecting into your business. Awesome. Look forward to that. Okay. This has been brought to us by our sponsors, realestate.com.au, and I'd love everyone to go on there and have a look at, uh, in the last couple of weeks, realestate.com.au have actually got a tool on there that allows consumers to be able to turn around and say, I want to find out who has sold the most houses in Paddington from $2 million to $4 million and it shoots up all the agents in one go. So what we're seeing is realestate.com is becoming very uh, consumer, very vendor-friendly in helping people in also the agent selection choice now. So, uh, well, Tom, REA spoke, I'm sorry, just when you're finishing, but REA spoke a year ago at ARIC, and they talked about the digital interview, and they said very shortly, unless you have a, a strong online profile and video and data and statistics, people are going to start choosing others based on what they see online. So I agree with you. I mean, it's, everyone needs to get on RA and have a look at it, but this is something that they predicted very clearly uh, 12 months ago, and uh, it's really manifesting. John, as we finish off, you mentioned the word Eric and last year they talked about it. Well, we can, uh, everyone now has got the brochure on their desk mm-hmm. for Eric. Well, if you haven't, let us know. Go to uh, the website. Uh, is it trip.com.au and eric.com.au, Troy? Both, I think. Yeah, both. Both, but we'll put both. a link on Tom's website. We'll put a link on my website. There's Good. Instagram if, going If you up. didn't get a brochure, I'm amazed at a lot of people I go around Australia, Tom, and you know, probably you'll probably be the same. And, they say, Eric, what's that? And I think, my God, like, you know, seriously, it's the most amazing real estate event in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe the world. So, but, you know, I understand people come in and out of the industry. So if you haven't got an Eric brochure, go to Tom's website and we'll uh, shoot a brochure out to you so you can get locked in. We've got uh, about 1,500 already, Tommy, which is great. We're 50% up on where we were last year at this time. 
And uh, with a few weeks to go, we're very, very keen to break that 4,000 barrier, which we've never done before. So we're, uh, we're on track to do so. Okay, that's excellent. Well, tonight is I'm actually launching um, the ARIC uh, video on my uh, social media accounts. So I've spoken with the Gilts Tret. So the easy, quick fix is for people is to just go on to, you know, my Facebook or Instagram or that. You'll be able to see the video and the quick link, and you'll be able to book your tickets because... Um, Oh, everyone's talking about um, that great agent from the US. He's Frederick. Uh, Frederick. <laughs> there's a lot of high kicks on social media at the moment. I yeah. think there's a competition running, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of momentum on social media. Saying you Frederick. know what I love about him, Troy, is is you can tell I me. Mean, look, I've never met him. I'm looking forward to meeting him. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he has a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I mean, he's intense and he's serious and he's competitive. But he also, you know, can see the funny side of the way he does business and so forth. I, I'm really looking forward to meeting him and certainly looking forward to what he's got to say on stage because, I mean, Frederick Eklund, is, he's a one of a kind. So he'll be, uh, he'll be great information, but I think he'll also be great entertainment. Okay. And definitely part of that title, the Rainmakers. I think he's the true Rainmaker over there. He's part of a phenomenal team and has businesses around the world. So very exciting. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. See you, Johnny. See yeah. you, Troy. Bye. Bye.